It's rut and river. Yes. Correct. R-U-T. I rest my beard hair right. on it. And then you know you're there. Like a nice, gentle little pillow for my beard. Right. And then I'm all up in it. Oh. I'm like Kobe beef for sharks. Can I ask you, what made you guys call me up about, well, this? That's what tickles our fancy. Exactly. Okay. Thought the Rocky Mountains would be rockier. <laughs> John Denver is not accurate. Man. A guy like you, who has absolutely no clue, and I can hear it in your voice, that, you know, I mean, you're a blank canvas. I mean, I can just start with you, like, from scratch. You're going to tell me, a grown man, you're telling me what lure to use and how to fish? You guys didn't snap your whopper plopper off either, though. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry I blew up over that. <laughs> And welcome back, everybody. You are listening to the Rutten River Pursuit Podcast, your home of all things epic in the outdoors. We're here around the Sonic Campfire tonight. There it was. I knew somebody's going to do it. So, uh, table seems a little smaller tonight, but let's go around it. Who I got with me tonight? I'm Steve. And I'm Dave. And I'm Ryan. See how quick that went? Oh, that went real quick. This Woo. is a quaint little, uh, little thing we're going to have. It is. But you know what? You guys What's that, are in for a treat tonight. I Yeah. Buddy, I have been looking forward to this podcast since we got a little bit of a casting uh, demonstration at the Great American Outdoor Show last year. Yeah. It was more of a casting schooling. <laughs> it took us yeah. to school. And for the record, if I have the opportunity, I need to participate in the casting school again this year. Mm-hmm. For a little bit of redemption, because mm. I put up a pitiful <laughs> performance uh, last year. But where I'm going with this is, on the line with us tonight is our good friend that we met last year at the Great American Outdoor Show. I like to think of him as a little bit of a fishing, professional fishing insider. Um, oh, yeah. It's our good buddy, Mike Payone. Mike, you there? Yeah, I'm here. How you guys doing? Hey, good. bud. Hey, Mike. How's things hey. going, Mike? Oh, man, let me tell you what. We are at a brisk 63 degrees uh, here. Where is here? Because we are not having 63 degrees <laughs> to our uh, listeners. Here right now at this time is in um, like the Tampa Bay area of Florida. So it'd be like sort of uh, the West Coast and the Central West Coast. Sounds rough. You poor fella. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. I know. Well, we went through a bit. You know, you got that big storm coming through, so it rained like heck today. We had tornadoes and everything. Uh, I thought I was in Kansas. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Mike, I've I've been to Tampa or in the area, I guess, uh, a few times. It's it's funny. You guys sound a lot like um, New Yorkers. It's weird. Um, I didn't know there was two of me, but I'll start to go on a diet just because of that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> when you say use guys, what do you mean by that? <laughs> well, you're from you're from the Tampa area. Just I'm I'm from I, I originally come from uh, New York. Yes, I come from the Bronx. And oh. I moved to oh. the island. And, oh yeah, uh, we had s- some fantastic fishing on the island. You know, you, you got your striper run. We have wheat fish. I mean, it's just uh, tatog. There's there's your blackfish, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Up to your way. Don't you guys call them at uh, something else? The the fluke, which we don't call. We call them flounder. 
Well, we have fluke and flounder. We, you know, they have both down here in Florida. They have a, um, you know, a flounder also. That's a southern flounder. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can tell because when you catch him, he's got sunglasses on. (laughs) Somehow I knew there was a punchline coming on that as soon as he said southern flounder. Yes. Oh, but it. no, they are, no seriously, they are a southern flounder. Um, they, they got pretty cool markings on them. They got these little uh, round circle. They look like little starbursts on them. Um, mm. you, if you if you guys know how to use a computer, you can always type that in there, and you'll see what I'm talking about. I'll, I'll we'll talk to my that. son after <laughs> after the show and see if he could do that. Look yes. that up for me. That's it. I'll tell you what, kids are good for that. They they know how to do stuff we just can't handle. You know, you got to keep them around. Mike, whenever we, whenever somebody says, I lived on the island, mm-hmm. I, we, I have to, we have to stop. I know you're in Florida now, and right. we're going to get to inshore saltwater fishing. And, but when you say you lived on the island, like, is there a better place on the East Coast to live than, than Long Island for, for saltwater fishing? Well, I'll tell you, Long Island, um, just opened up a whole different array of fishing for me because, uh, you know, in the Bronx, it's a little different to fish. It's, it's not all, um, you know, sewer holes and stuff like that. There is actually little places you can fish and learn how to fish in there. And really? You get on a boat and you can, yes, sir, I'm telling you. But uh, when you get out to the island, um, you can surf fish. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really great because you can hit all of those runs. You'll get it like a bluefish run. You'll you'll have the you know the bass run, um, you know stripers, um, and then yeah. you'll you you'll get um, like I said the weak fish run, and they could all be running on the same beach, and uh, wow. You know, you can watch them. There's days you can watch them running through the surf, and, and basically you can, you can cast spoons out to them, jigs. Uh, there's, there's a whole bunch. If you want to live bait, you can live bait, whatever you want to do. And uh, you could just have a bowl. If they're there and they're going to hang out, um, you know, you got a couple hours of good fishing. And, um, and then you go around to some of the rocky jetties, and, and that's where you'll end up catching your, your tatog. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. And then, then we had some ponds. I mean, we had some trout. You know, we used to fly fish for trout. And um, we would, you know, do some bass fishing. That, that caught my first bass on Long Island. Oh, really? Right on the yeah. island. Yes, right I, I, on the island. You do some of that surf fishing and stuff from, like, Rockaway? I've done In fact, I uh, used to work really close to Rockaway. So hmm. we used to just pack a couple surf rods with us and... Um, I can't say we were not working at the time we were catching fish, but, um, <laughs> you know, sometimes when you, you're driving and you see water and you see some disturbance on the water, you just have to you have really to. get out and figure out what that is. Yeah. Um, you know, your and, boss uh, would understand investigative casting. <laughs> is that what, is that what we call it? Well, it's some um, field testing. It's all part of field testing. There yes. we go. Yeah. Yeah, I do a lot of that now. I do. I field test a lot of things. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, and then I, I just got to the point where I said, uh, 
I really enjoy, and I hunt too. You know, I'm 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 a hunter too. So I did the same thing like you guys did. You know, when hunting season came around, you know, we did bow, we did shotgun, we, um, you know, rifle. Uh, depends on where we are because, uh, like in the Catskills, you you had to use shotgun when we lived there. I don't know if they changed that law yet. Um, you know, but we were always big bow hunters. That, that was our thing. We liked to bow hunt and on Long Island, you can actually bow hunt. I, I don't know if there's any land left to do that now. Um, but, uh, but there were, there were places, yeah, there were places to archery hunt on Long Island. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would have never uh, guessed um, that. The deer are huge. They're absolutely huge. Yes. It's like chasing yes. deer right outside of Philly that Kyle does. You know, it's it's same, the same, same idea. Thing. You know, huh. these are urban deer. Wow, yeah. <laughs> they're big and they're mean. They're mean. And, and it, they they are, and and they're very smart. They know to stay in the thickets. That you know, the big the big ones, they'll stay in the thickets, and they'll and they're very hard to hunt. You know, especially with a bow. You know that you got to have a clear lane to uh, to get a good shot. And and we were all for that. You know, we were all for the one shot, one kill type yeah. deal. We didn't want nothing suffering and. Uh, um, you know, everything we killed, we ate. So um, it, it was uh, it was good. It was a great experience, I have to say. Um, and then uh, I moved down here and I became friends with a bunch of uh, Southern boys. And uh, they just taught me a whole nother different way of doing things, uh, you know, because you, you always hear that that deal uh well we don't do it like that oh right that's the way you guys did it up north we do it down but i tell you what it's all basically the same and you just have to um add a little thing you know down here we do things just a little bit different than i would have done up north um like we don't need uh uh, an ice auger down here ever. Um, you know, <laughs> never, never. Yeah. You know, um, you don't need, uh, 20 below boots or any of that stuff. In fact, you can hunt in shorts if you don't mind ticks. Oh man. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I, that was the strangest, uh, there's the strangest hunt they ever did was we went hog hunting and we did it with pistols, uh, which was cool in itself. And, yeah. uh, we were in shorts and, Wow. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> now, they do that with dogs down there? or, or how's You that? can do it. There's a few different ways. If you run the dogs, the dogs are pretty cool. They'll, they'll run into the woods. They'll, they'll actually grab a pig by their ears, and they'll, drive, they'll, they'll drop them and hold them to hold the ground. Them down. Mm-hmm. Okay. The only problem is um, the dogs get very, very um, active, I should say. Yeah. So when you go there to grab hold of the pig if the dog thinks that your body is part of the pig they, they can grab hold of your leg or your huh. arm or something like that because they're still biting they think you're the pig now just don't have um, bacon not. for breakfast that morning then you smell <laughs> just like one yes yes you don't want to strap any kind of bacon steak or anything like that on that kind of meat product yes yes well yeah. that'd be a no-go for me then because i always keep steak in my in pocket in my pants pocket i always eat <laughs> yeah, I always keep bacon in my pocket. Yeah, so I know, man. That's it's too bad. A, but uh, <laughs> so I, I know you guys are um, probably in your. What do you? A couple more weeks of good hunting left. What are you going? Do you go into January or? Yeah, or we have uh, we have a late season archery and uh, black powder season or right. flintlock. I guess flintlock season. Okay. Uh, that runs. It starts day after Christmas and runs till mid January. Then there's some parts of the state um, where 
things are open, I think, more toward the end of January. But after that, um, whitetail season is going to shut right. down. Yeah. You know, so by, right. by late January, deer season's done, and then there's still some small game opportunities. Uh, Get the turkey hunt. For a bear. You guys do a spring hunt, a bear. Yeah. Uh, spring yeah. for turkey. That's yeah. about it in the spring. spring. Yeah. So, some I know of those. When I came, I came up there in February. You guys were all about, man, I can't wait till everything is ready to go. You guys were raring to go fishing. Oh, I can, dude, you last, can see you guys were in a cabin. Too it was long. a long yep. winter. Last yeah. year was a long yeah. winter. That's the way it's it's turning out to be. Now, these guys got me into uh, fishing. You know, I grew up, you know, two or three days a year when uh, the trout streams got stocked fishing, right. and that's all I did. And then, you know, two years ago, these guys got me into bass fishing and, you know, walking in the river and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. They had me out ice fishing actually last year, mm-hmm. and uh, that, that's I'm into a, it now. That's a, yeah, ice fishing's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> you know, you can you can uh, if if you know the lake that you're fishing and you know the contours in the lakes. I mean, some of those guys are so keyed into that they'll they'll drill a hole and they'll be right on them. Oh yeah. I mean, they just absolutely know where to be um, for those fish. And you guys got walleye up there also, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yep. yeah, there there's I mean, some lakes here oh, where you you'll see more guys ice fishing than you do on a re, you know, a regular summer day fishing. I believe day. Yeah. I believe I've seen a video of you guys um doing some walleye fishing by some bridge. Yeah. <laughs> that was right in Harrisburg, yeah. right in the city. Uh-huh. That's not that's not too far away from where the uh, show is. No. No, no. I, I believe, and uh, I, I, I don't know, but I got this question to ask you guys, and it has nothing to do with fishing, and, and I know you guys want to talk fishing, and we'll get back. It's something about sea ducks, something about sea duck huntings. And <laughs> did you, did you I, see that? I, uh, well, I couldn't see it, but I heard. You heard about I heard it. a lot of a lot of different things that I, I have questions about. <laughs> the ammo companies are making a good problem. Oh, man. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. yeah. Howdy. Yeah, that yeah. was a good oh, time. Pretty sure, pretty sure Winchester heard about that hunt. Too. <laughs> <laughs> they're still, their inventory went way down. They're getting ready to book us another one. <laughs> oh. uh, but you know, if you really all kidding aside, uh, you know, when it came to bass fishing, because when I first moved to Florida, um, I I try to saltwater fish down here mm-hmm. and where I live. Um, I walked out, um, and I'm not lying to you. I, I went to the end of uh, an area where you can where guys say they always fish, and I expected it to be like surf fishing. Yeah. So I went down there, and I'm looking, and for two miles out, all I saw was rock and dirt, and I says, "Where's the water?" And they're like, "Well, we have four tides a day." Oh wow. And I says, "Okay." So um, <laughs> when the water comes back. Um, how deep is it here? He goes, oh, it's about foot. I said, um, what do you guys catch in a foot of water? Like pinfish, uh, you know, bait fish? <laughs> yeah. And he says, no, we catch these big snook and redfish and trout come in here and, you know, flounder and all kinds of stuff. And I said, you guys are pulling out. I, I thought they were just messing with me. You know, yeah. here's a northern boy come down south and they're like having a good time with me. So Yeah, somebody's hiding in the shrubs filming you. So I says, <laughs> I heard banjos and all kinds of weird stuff. But, and I got out of there. I'll tell you what. I got out of there. 
And I went right to the tackle store and I bought a bunch of bass fishing stuff. I bought a bass boat and uh, I joined the uh, Southern Bass Masters down here in the Federation and started fishing that a little bit. Yeah. And um, I became friends with a uh, um, pretty well known guy who was called the Bass Professor, uh, Doug Hannon. Yeah, and yeah. Um, he was like one of the first guys to do underwater filming, uh, you know, bass filming. Uh, he invented that the uh, guide, the microwave guide that you guys had a chance to uh, do the casting demo with me. Yeah, um, and plus he had twenty other um, patents, and one of them probably changed the way we all fish today, and that was the weedless prop. That was his patent. Wow, good guy to know. For, for your trolling on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, he passed away on us, but um, before he did, um, you know, I got to do a couple different things with Doug, which was really cool. You know, he's the only guy that, that documented catching over 400 bass that weighed 10 pounds or better. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a, there are people trying to break his record still today, and um, they're finding it a little more challenging, even though we do have a lot more bass over 10 pounds these days, you know, but I, they're, they're starting to get a little smarter, and you can yeah. see that in the lore design. You know, people are always trying to have an edge. You know, back when Doug was doing it, there wasn't really a thing called a drop shot. We we um, sort of did something similar to it, but they didn't really have a name to it. Um, you know, a lot of sluggo type of baits, you know, or weedless, um, weightless uh, pieces of rubber we were throwing. Hmm. Um, you know, and it was very slow and subtle and it would swim erratically. Uh, you know, and you can get it into the weeds and, and do whatever you want. But um, knowing Doug was really cool because we were able to go on a lake and he just knew the strangest stuff. Like he was very into the saluna tables, you know, with the moon. Yeah. He's very into moon phases. I mean, and it didn't make a difference if you were a bird watcher, um, if you're a hunter, if you're a fisherman. The moon phases play a lot uh, when these animals are eating you know when they're in a good feeding pattern yeah it affects everything yeah so he he made invented the moon clock i mean if you look that up you'll you'll get to see that um it's very simple to use and like i said you could use it for anything if you're if you want to watch birds if you want to shoot birds if you know whatever you want to do um and then um, Doug just turned around to me and from talking to him and, you know, he knew a lot of high profile guys. All, all of the big names in the bass fishing world was friends with Doug. Um, him and a, uh, a biologist, um, Tony, invented, a, um, you know, all of this stuff that keeps the, the bass alive. Um, keep alive mm-hmm. um products um yeah. sure life products actually is so um and when shimano came out with the big tanks and and they would put the chemicals in there to keep the bass alive because they they were losing so many bass when when they first started doing the tournaments so these two fellas they they came up with a way to keep the bass alive you know so that guys like us would be able to enjoy it and, uh, you know, and then he turned around and says, you know, I'm a big fly fisherman. And I says, no, I didn't know that you fly fish. And I said, what are you fishing for? He says, I love to tarpon fish. On the fly? I said, yeah, yeah. Wow. I said, serious. And he says, yeah. He says, do you fly fish? I said, yeah, I haven't done it in a long time. So I'm over his house. We're in the backyard. And he hands me a fly rod. He says, let me see your cast. And he says, hey, you do pretty good. He says, come on in the house, and he opens up this book, and here's guys like he's fishing with Flip Pallet, 
and um, you know, Chichi Rodriguez. Wow. And, and, I mean, he's fishing with all, all of these uh, big, big known uh, fishermen down here. Yeah. Um, that we knew Guy Harvey. He's got pictures of him and Guy really? Harvey, and they're diving and all. Oh, yeah, I got wow. he had shown me pictures of Guy Harvey's kids when they were little tiny things, and hmm. um, and guys that have multiple world records. And and I says, you really got me, Doug. You know, and he was a game. <laughs> he liked to play games. He, he's done some funny stuff on the boat with me. And and one day when we're off the air, I'll tell you some of these stories because um, <laughs> some <laughs> some we're kind of. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know if we get get away with putting them on the air, but it was funny stuff. It was all in good, good, good uh, sure. stuff. Sure. So I, I would just take Doug out, and uh, because we live close to a lake, and we live close to the uh, the Gulf here, we do a half a day trip on the Gulf, and then we do a half a day trip uh, bass fishing. Oh, and uh, that sounds terrible. It, it yeah. Just, it, <laughs> It was it was awful, but you know, and, and that brings up it brings up another point. You see, people really think that there are different rods to to fish saltwater with than freshwater. Yeah. When we're talking inshore fishing, you could use the same rod. So, if you're not privy to a hundred rods, and you want to go out and you want to have one or two really really good rods in your in your arsenal of rods. You can do that, and you can freshwater fish, and you can saltwater fish with them. Um, and and I showed a lot of people that, and they were, you know, people come down here every day from up north, and they're ready to throw all their fishing gear away. I says, well, what, what do you have? Don't throw it away yet. Let me see what you have. And I was like, no, all of that's good. He says, well, the guy down the road said none of it's good. I says, well, maybe the guy down the road. You know, Owns want a you to shop. buy some stuff from him. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he doesn't fish. You know. Yeah. Um, I I got no clue what to tell you there. But uh, if you're snook fishing, red fishing, and trout fishing, um, it's the same same rod you bass fish with. Yeah. You know, when we get into the bigger stuff like the grouper and the tarpon and stuff, then then you want to bump up your gear. But, um, you know, even, even a 200-pound tarpon, we're, we're using, like, 30-pound um, uh, rod blanks, you know, 30 to 50s, 20 to 40s, all in all in that rod class. Wow. So, yeah, you know, your steelhead rod, your, yeah. uh, you know, your big catfish rod. I know you have one of them. Uh-huh. Um, and <laughs> with a new tip. <laughs> well, with a new tip on it. Yes. No, and I'm not, and believe me, I'm not making fun. I know guys that that's what they do for a living. They catfish. Yeah. And they catch 50-pound cat. I mean, it's not a lie. They catch these big, big 50-pound catfish, and, and they, they take people on charters just to do it. And it's it's just a whole other way of fishing. Like like I said, uh, when when somebody says I'm a fisherman, I says okay, what do you fish for? When somebody tells me I'm an angler, I'm more inclined to say, oh, so you whatever you fish in a pond, the lake, uh, stream, you know, you you do whatever it takes to catch a fish. Yeah. Um, you know, because uh, we for the most part use artificials. But there are time in time in the year when live bait just outdoes. I mean, you can catch hundreds of fish in a day. You know, um, I, I took a bunch of people down south this year before we had this poor red tide thing that came in and killed a lot of fish for us down here in Florida. And 
we were catching over 100 snook a day, and I did it for 30 days. You got to be kidding me. No lie. Really? 100 yes. snook a day? 100 snook a day. Oh, wow. And I and you know what? I got so tired of catching snook, I was begging for a redfish. Has anybody <laughs> and, uh, ever said that before? Just, just Mike, just other right than now. Yeah. <laughs> just me. Wow, I got I tired really, of catching I, snook. I, I, yeah. I got tired of catching snook, and really, I was hoping to catch redfish. Yeah. And we caught two redfish in thirty days, <sighs> and I'm telling over a thousand. I mean, I can't even tell you how many snook. I had my wife on the boat. Yeah, and she was casting. By the time she would reel the fish in, I handed her another rod, and she'd have another snook on, and we would just. It, the dolphin were trying to eat my. In fact, I posted a video where the dolphin was trying to eat the snook. They come right up to your snook and they'll and they'll pull it right off the line. Oh wow! <laughs> now, like the dolphin, yeah. They're, these they're are like twenty inch it. plus snook too. This isn't. Um, those were like twenty fours to thirties. Yeah. Um, these were. Bigger, yeah. These. I mean, were, you're not. You're um, not. You're not in a hole catching sunnies one after another. You're catching no. sizable fish. Yeah. And you uh. know, if you look at a snook down here, we call them line siders because they they like to run. Okay, they're a running, jumping type of fish. They're they're kind of smart. If there's mangroves um, or if there's a a dock around, they will weave you in and out of a dock through the mangroves. Anything they have to do to get that hook out of their mouth, break your line. Um, some of the big, big girls, they're very, very hard um, to catch. You really have to have what they want. Um, and there's certain guys that, you know, they key on them big 40-inch snook, and, and they do very well doing that. Um, but like I tell people, do you, do you want to catch snook or do you want a prize? Because if you want a prize, then we're going to work a little bit. But we'll get you, you know, a big fish, but we got to work. So it's just like bass fishing. Do you want to catch, you know, 10 or 15 keeper bass, or do you do you want the 10-pounder? I don't know. 124 um, to 30-inch snook just doesn't <laughs> sound like a bad day at all, no matter no. how. <laughs> that, that, no also matter has how like, that has to wear you out because, yeah. like you're saying, they are, that's a heck of a fight yeah. for a fish. Well, you see, that's the time in your life when you turn around and you say, well, I catch fish all the time. So you want somebody mm -hmm. else to experience what you're doing. Yeah. You know, the the real the real deal here is as you get um into whatever sport you're in and, and you're at the top of your line or or think you're where you need to be, um the best compliment is to see somebody on your boat or on shore next to you and you tell them or you hand them a rod and they do what you just did. And then they do it again. And it's it's just, there is just sometimes I like to sit back and just watch somebody else catch a fish. And and believe me, every fish I catch is a, is a new deal for me. It's I don't say, ah, you know, I just caught that one. You know, except for when you catch a hundred snook, then you say that. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but there's definitely a rewarding aspect to pass on that knowledge and to see mm -hmm. that knowledge implemented in a very successful way. Yeah, yeah watching and it work. I mean, I got my six-year-old grandson got was catching snook on the boat. I had my three-year-old grandson on the boat with me catching snook. It was hysterical. Wow. I'm telling you, it was it was so fun. I had to hold his butt so he didn't go overboard. Oh. You know, and hopefully, you know, the, the little guys they're they're always invested. If you're on my boat, 
Um, you know, in the Lord down here, you have to be in a vest anyhow. Um, but that's a very important thing. If you're going to bring kids with you, bring them with you, but make sure, I don't care if you're in the woods, you're on a boat, wherever you're doing, follow all the safety rules, especially oh, if yeah. kids. you want them to learn right, right from the beginning. Um, and you know, and everything's so cool. Yeah. But, uh, Mike, I was checking out your, your Instagram page. You're on yeah. Instagram as Mr. Gatorbite, all yeah. all one word, right? So, yes, sir. And I saw probably some of the biggest trout, biggest speckled trout I've ever seen, and, just from um, what a day ago or something just, like that. Just right? this week, yeah, yeah. Um, Tuesday, well, Monday night, I got a phone call from one of my fishing buddies down here, and he says, uh, "Looks like we're going to have a real bad week," and Tuesday being the best day you know, can you get away? And I was like, sure. I says, um, you know, it's still cold and it was kind of, um, weird. So you don't have to get up, you know, before the sun comes out. Um, and he says, I'd really like you to get some shrimp. You know, we use shrimp to, you know, shrimp is a, a great crustacean down here. It's almost like giving a, um, uh, crawfish to a bass. Yeah. I mean, they just, they just love it. Um, you'll notice the redfish. I posted a redfish picture and I have a lot of blue in their tail. Mm-hmm. Um, that's showing that they're feeding on crustaceans that they're, they're inshore. They're feeding, they're feeding, um, good. And they're usually, um, eating some kind of crustacean. Mm-hmm. They'll get that nice blue color in them. Um, so we were like, I oh, we're just going to goof around. We'll see what we can find. And I said, well, you know, guys, we really don't need shrimp i said if, if we if you were running a charter or something yeah i'd say bring live bait all the time but if you have a bunch of guys that have to throw laws winter time in florida they will eat plastic they will eat um they don't care they they're hungry they want to eat if you get in the right spot yeah and sometimes you just got to let things heat up a little bit because you got to remember it's always usually hot in florida you get cold front comes in here the fish start moving real real slow guys are chunking laws out there and winding back and and they say i can't catch a fish i says well you slow your bait down stop it you know even and uh so we're on the boat and we get to an area and and i could see the trout and we're throwing live shrimp at them. We figured we, I call it cement fishing because you basically sit in a chair and you got a float and you cast out there or gentleman fishing and you just sit there, wait till the fish says, <laughs> oh, look at that, a live bait. And they eat it and then they, you know, they take off on you. Um, so we're sitting there and the, the poor shrimp drowned it. I mean, it's, it, it lives in water and it drowned it or it died from boredom. I don't, I don't know one of the things. <laughs> so I decide, you know. Here's Mike. I says, I'm going to grab my jigging rod. I come from up north. We love to jig. You know, mm-hmm. that was just something I learned up there and come down here and got this old chunk of plastic. And um, if you, I sponsored by a company called Miralor and they're a great company down here in Florida. Their family ran and they're just wonderful people. And uh, I, I have one of his uh, little shads on there. I cast it out there. I lift it one time, let it drop, lift it again, and boom, and I got that the really big one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And everybody on the boat turned around and says, what'd you catch that on? I says, well, I wasn't using shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> and they says, well, what'd you get on? I said, the jig, like I told you today, they'll, they'll eat plastic this time of year. You don't need shrimp, but we uh-huh. had eight dozen shrimp 
you know, so yeah. I'm like, we'll cook them later. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. They're going to die of boredom you know. anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, you, you know, um, so I, I turned around, I cast again, next cast, uh, I did it again, boom, I get the, the second, that picture where I'm holding two big ones, and, and um, they're looking at me like, did you just do that again? I was like, well, let me just turn around here and look. I said, yeah, it's only me holding these fish. You're taking a picture. There you go. So I do it again. And after the fifth fish, my partner, my buddy there, he turns around. He says, "Um, hey, can I do that? It took them five fish? Oh, yeah. Oh, Stevie would have short drift you after that first one. The first one, I'd have been... Stubborn, very stubborn people. You know, you had the power poles down and everything, so you're you're sitting there anchored. It's a a real cool thing, you know? Oh, my. uh, Well, they're more patient than I would be. Holy smokes. He he casts out three times, doesn't catch a fish. I make a cast, boom, I get it. (laughs) He's like, seriously, what's going on here? And I says, I told you, go in my bag. They, they want this watermelon red glitter. I mean, I'll even say it on the air. I don't care. That's the color they wanted. Wow. And he says, well, how would you know what color they want? And I'm like, well, I'm looking in the water here, and the first thing I see is we have these things called pinfish. Yeah. And they're, they're about four inches long, the same length of the bait I'm throwing. Okay? And then I'm looking in the water, and I'm saying, man, they're giving off a – because they're, they're kind of colorful pinfish. Um and with the water bottom that we had, I said, they kind of look like my lore. So I said, yeah. match the hatch. You know, yep. it's uh, been saying that for a hundred years. He, he puts one on first cast, boom, pulls out an 18 inch trout. He's gone. Wow. I can't believe it. <laughs> and then that's all he threw all day long. Wow. catching trout until, and I didn't post the picture cause I was being really nice we're sitting there anchored and we're casting into a hole. Okay. And off, off a little Island. And, uh, they were all stacked up in there. And, uh, the gentleman with a boat and his dog came around the Island and I yelled, Hey, please don't park there. I says, you're, that's where the fish are. I don't mind if you cast into it, but you know, stay off of it and cast in the hole. And everybody yeah. catch fish. Cause I'm sure there was a bunch of them in there. And next thing I know is he throws the anchor overboard and he lands, he's in the hole. He's on oh. top of the hole. So I made a cast and I dropped the, the lure right next to his boat and I pulled another fish out and he looked at me. I said, I'm trying to tell you the fish are under your boat. Can you move? And the guy proceeds to hook up a shrimp and cast to the island. And um, 15 minutes goes by, he's not catching anything, and I looked at my buddy there, and I said, why don't we just pull anchor and go, we'll go find someplace else to fish, because this is, you know, yeah. it, they're gone now, they scattered. Yeah. So, um, this we, we deal with this a lot in Florida, though, um, you know, it's just... Uh, Something that happens. People come in. We have guides down here that have been guiding for over 20, 25 years, and, and people see their boat, and, and they have a paid charter. And, you know, here you are paying 400 to, if you're one of these premier guys, I mean, in you know, four, five, six hundred bucks to, yeah. to go fishing for the day. And um, you get this guy that pulls in between you or in the hole and, and ruins the whole you know, day of fishing, and you're like, oh, my gosh, uh, how can you do that? Yeah. 
Look, yeah. um, we, we went and did something else, and about a half an hour went by, the tide changed, and uh, he says, what do you want to do? I said, let's go back to the island and catch some more of them big trout. I, yeah. says, I'm, I says, I'm fine with that. You know, and we caught a couple small redfish, and the, the old man had moved to a different part of the island, and uh, as a joke, he says, where are you going to cast? I said, I'm going to cast right at the old guy's boat and pull the trout out. So my next cast, I pull the trout out. No from way. The guy's boat. Oh, wow. He just looked at me, and he's like, seriously? And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I was just like I says I won't cast it no more. It's all right. I says we'll fish over here. <laughs> uh, so, Mike, but, you, you know, yeah, go ahead. You were just um, I'm trying to to picture how you were fishing that lure. So is this like the like a, a mirror lure, like the the MR27, you know, something that's no. A, no. With this, this is his soft plastics. Okay, and and I'll tell you why I. I didn't go to uh, like the Miradines or to a top, you know, to one of their uh, top water laws or, or anything with treble hooks is we have, um, we had floating grass. Okay. So there's a lot of matted grass coming through. And um, so what I would have to do is I'd have to cast the lure out in between the grass. And then by the time I got it to the boat, I'd be cleaning the grass off. So going down to a single hook. So now what this looks like um, in the bass fishing world, you guys call it a swim bait. Okay. okay it's basically yeah. a small swim bait um and they've been using it salt water fishing way you know for a thousand years Forever. um and i would have um this time of year too if they want it real slow i still tie my own hair jigs so the bucktail is always always i'm going to tell you guys if you had one law to carry carry a bucktail jig with you okay um okay. when you when you work a bucktail jig and you learn how to use them they look more realistic and they they actually pulsate in the water if they're tied right um so they look like a live fish in the water yeah um and i believe and you guys can google this or whatever you want to do but i believe when you become a going to the navy they used to give you a survival kit and in your survival kit was a white jig a white hair jig in there huh. for your survival um no kidding Yes, yes. I think actually I I've, I've seen like survival kits that were supposed mm-hmm. that you know supposedly these were like military issue stuff yeah. back in the day. Right. And I'm pretty sure I've yeah. seen uh, like a white hair tailed jig in there. There it is. Yeah. And and you know you could change colors on jigs. I mean, I tie mine now. I tie hackle into it. I tie feathers on them. I you know I I steal patterns from fly fishermen. And I says, well, you know, if they're going to eat it on the fly. Why wouldn't they eat it on a piece of lead? I oh, mean, yeah. it's it's just I'm converting it over for the style of fishing that I'm doing at that time. Yeah. Um, but always have a jig with you, and and it, just for the reason that a jig can be fished fast, slow. It can be fished high in the water column, or you can fish it low in the water column. In the center, you can fish it anywhere in the water column. So if you only had one lure, and you took a jig with you, you can actually cover the whole water column if that makes sense oh yeah it It, makes sense just based on your retrieve yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and how heavy a lead you don't even have to put lead in it you can you can hook them um just to a regular bass style hook yeah um i put belly hooks on them too and then they they float more um you know you you put that the weight closer to the center and then they'll 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 actually um drop uh horizontally and then if you um 
you know, they'll stay horizontal and they'll drop, you know, yeah. um, straight down. Yeah. Um, if you move that weight to the front, they're going to be nose heavy and drop to the front. If you're fishing like a shrimp looking imitation and you move that hook towards the back, they'll actually go backwards. And when a fish, uh, when a shrimp is being attacked, they, they kick backwards. If you ever watch video, they'll, yeah. they'll swim backwards. Um, like and, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hey, mean, so- there's, there's just... So, Mike, you know, we, we talked earlier about you really getting into bass fishing with a bass professor and mm-hmm. a little bit of how he kind of opened some other doors. But how did you really turn from bass fishing, which I'm sure you still do, but, I mean, you kind of mm-hmm. made that right turn to the Gulf, to, to saltwater fishing, and, and did it well, pretty, like, you're, you're pretty into it. Well, uh, I'll tell you, that the... the, um, the, the the deal was is um, when I moved down here, I, I got lucky. Sort of like I got lucky when I met you guys. You know when you meet a bunch of people that you really can't stand, but you, you want to hang out with them. No, you, I'm familiar. You, yeah. You just, yeah, yeah, we do it. We do it every week. Present it's all company yeah. excluded. Know. You know, you, you you get a bunch of guys, and it's like you knew them forever. Yeah, you know, there was yep. never no awkwardness. You know, you didn't know if you were going to step. I mean, I think we were cutting up on each other like the first five minutes we, we yeah, all met. It didn't take long. And, yep. and here you got this poor guy that's lived in the South now for 30 years. And you got me out in the snow making casts with you guys. And, I, and I'm like, you know, it, it was OK. <laughs> and uh, remember what I told you? I says, remember the guy with the window? I told him <laughs> yeah. I was going to pitch. I was going to pitch the lure and hit the window. And a guy looked at me and he says, "No, you're not." <laughs> and then what was his next word? We can't use the S word on here, but he says, "Holy!" And, and <laughs> it happened. Sure enough. Yeah. yeah. And that's the the uh, that's the S factor. We call that the S factor because everybody <laughs> that casts with me, that's the first thing they say. Um, and, and we just laugh about it, you know, it's just something that we do, but, uh, and, and part of, you know, all of that, and, and I'll get into, if you want really quick, I, the, the microwave guide, it, yeah. and if people don't know what it is, it, it looks like a guide with another guide on top of it. So you have like a bigger ring and then a small ring, um, right, right attached to it. And, and what happens is when your line comes off of your reel, there's a spinning reel, there's a big helix that comes off of there. So, the bottom ring actually captures that line and then we control it and send it through the, the second smaller guide. And then all your guides are small coming out the rod, like a bait caster would be set up. So we, we capture it and we send it straight. It goes straight. There's no more helix coming out of your line. So it takes all the friction out of the line. You get a longer, smoother cast. You guys felt it. I mean, Right away, you felt the difference. I felt a smoother oh, yeah. cast. Mine didn't. Mine didn't go very far, but I don't think that was well, the microwave guide. You you, you got height out of yours. You know, some people get more height and some <laughs> people get more distance. And uh, <laughs> thanks it's for making me feel better. I appreciate no, that. No, and you know what? Most of, you you know I you know I've done thousands of of these casting demonstrations, and I've done it with really. I mean, high, and I will not name any names, but high-profile fishermen that have been fishing. I mean, guys you watch on TV, and um, it, it's fun to fish with them. You know, to do this with them, it's just it's it's a real cool thing. There's some kind of off factor to all of that, and uh, 
you know, you sit there and you even watch them turn around and you're like, I can't believe this. It's yeah. like, you know, I'm a professional. This is how I make my living. I make millions of dollars fishing and this is like incredible. Yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, and it is, it's, it's a great, um, you know, it, it's the best thing that probably happened to a spinning rod in over 20, maybe 30 years. Cause if you really look at a spinning rod, What's really changed? We didn't change nothing to it. We made better guides. We made better inserts to the guides. Mm-hmm. Um, but we maybe a little bit of weight for the actual spinning reel has decreased over yeah. the years. But yeah, um, but I mean, we, there wasn't really anything significant. Now here right. comes a guy, and he turns around in one guide. I'm going to control your line and make it come out straight. Now even your top of the line guide company. They they can't do it, and they say it does what it does, and and they do it in three three to four guides. It takes to do what we can do in one. Hmm. Okay, so, um, but some good things came out of all of this because you can't make the same guide because it's under patents and and um, you know other deals going on here. Um, you can make your rod better. So here along came, you know, some of these new guides that came out. And if you see, did you see all of the new rods now? All of the, um, the last like five guides or so are all the same size coming out. There's no longer this cone of flight, they call it, where you, yeah. you have like a 30, a 25, a 20, and it just progressively got smaller. When you, when you say that now, number, that's the millimeter of the actual insert of the, of the guide. Yeah. yeah. The, yes. the guide yes. ring for our listeners. So, yeah. um, that was very good. You're really good at this. He probably knows more about rod building than, than anybody at this, at this table. table. That's for sure. I see. I like smart people. <laughs> we think he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> he he made a comment when we talked with Terry Sturgeon. <laughs> a few oh yeah, months it, back it was with Terry. It was with Terry. Yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. we've never let him live it down. We were talking about rod building. And, uh, yeah, I, I've built a few rods and I'm in the process of building one right now. So I'm, I'm going to, and it's not just I'll, fixing Ryan, Ryan's broken rods. I'm yeah. building some from, from a kit and whatnot. So I have well, a little bit of, of firsthand experience on what you're talking about. Well, yeah. now you can understand, um, you got you have custom rod builders, you have semi-custom rod builders, and you just have you know your big box store rods. Yep. Um, some of the deals, and and I'm not listen. I I don't care who's rod, who's real, whatever. We're just gonna let you guys figure out what you like to use. If if you ask me my opinion, I'll tell you what what I use and and why I use it. But when when you build a rod, and now you know. There is a spline on the rod, okay? And everybody's saying, well, the rod's round, so what the heck is a spline? Well, if you take your rod and you can, like, bend your rod before it has any guides on it, and you could, you could hold it with your foot and bend it, bend it from the tip down, and all of a sudden the rod will snap around to an area. Okay, and there's a uh, top and bottom of that spline, and it's going to want to rotate one way always to this spline. So when your rod is spline properly, and you catch a fish, it will not twist in your hand. You ever see guys, and you watch them on TV, they got a fish on there, and all of a sudden it looks like the rod's twisting and their wrist is twisting? Mm -hmm. Um, That's because that rod is not splined, okay, or not splined properly, okay? So... 
when you spline your rod properly, it'll actually load up. And by loading up, I mean, as you bring your arm back, whatever law you have is going to pull the blank backwards. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have a bow in your rod. And then as you move your arm forward, it's going to actually throw the law forward. And if you can learn how to load your rod properly, and I showed you that, right? I sat on the floor and I buried my elbow into my side. Yeah. And all I did was use my wrist to cast. Yep. And you cast okay. it just as far further than me. Sitting yeah. down. Up. Not as high, though. Your, your distance and, on your cast did not change from when you were standing up compared to when you are sitting down just using the wrist action. And, and I tell everybody it's like a circus act. You know, you go to the circus and the guy says, hey, throw these darts at the balloons and you can't hit one all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't knock all the cans down. You, you don't know the dynamics of what you have to do to get to, to win that prize. So on a fishing rod, it's easier. Once you learn how to load your rod and cast, you'll come off the, the water and you, you won't even feel like, like I said, when I tell you you're catching 100 fish in a day, you got to remember, you probably cast it, you know, a thousand times. So, and you're doing that three, four times a day. When I'm doing, you know, that show, I did that for nine days. I brought guys out there. Right. Wow. Okay. And did these casting demonstrations. Wow. So you can imagine how many times I, I flexed that rod and, and sent it forward. And, and that's all you have to learn. And, and that's why I do the thing where I, I do the bow and arrow where I actually grab the lure and I pull down on a blank and I just shoot it out there and it goes the same the yeah. same distance as if I'm casting it. That was And I try to awesome. tell everybody. Yeah, it's the it's the rod. It's, Let the yeah, rod yeah, do you, the work. With doing that barren, bow and arrow twitch thing, you just loaded mm -hmm. the blank and yet the blank was actually giving the propulsion, not a swinging motion. It was right. the the, bank, the blank flexing to toss the lure. Yeah. I because practiced. what I did, what I did was I loaded the blank. The blank was loaded. It's like loading your rifle. I mean, you can put a shell in your rifle, but if you don't have um, the wad in there, if you don't have the pellets in there, if you don't have gunpowder in there, it's never going to come out the barrel. Right. Okay. The same thing with the, the rod. You know, same thing with a bow and arrow. You know, the shaft on on that. If if you don't put string on your bow, you can't load your limbs. You know, yep. it's not going to fire. Same thing with the the uh, the rod. It's got to be loaded properly, and and your accuracy is going to increase by a hundred percent because now you're not doing this thing where your arms are in some kind of goofy position over the top of your head. Um, you, you know, you're more focused on what you're casting at. And 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 I tell a lot of guys, I said it's nice to see somebody cast real real far. I said, but it's better to see somebody that can hit an object, okay, because your accuracy is probably more important than your distance sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I've been saying true. that. Yeah, you can for the most part you can move move on up and down the, the bank or you can move your boat position. But mm -hmm. if you can't toss right underneath that branch or that overhanging tree and not get hung up and, being accurate yeah. no matter how long your distance is you're you're going to lose lures and lose time fishing and, so the accuracy know, people, part's way more important and people come up to me and they say oh what length rod to use i says well it depends what am i fishing for if i'm in open water and i'm throwing live bait or something sometimes i like a longer rod i mean almost an eight foot rod seven foot eight and and i'll cast 
um, libate and I get a long, long cast out of it. Okay. But if I'm inside and I'm flipping or pitching or really want to skip docks, I want a shorter rod. It's more accurate. There is no way you're going to take that eight-foot rod and, and try and – I'm not saying you can't skip a bait with an eight-foot rod. I'm just saying your accuracy will diminish the longer the rod is. So you, you probably want to come down to that six-foot-six six rod, you know, uh, seven-foot rod. Um, you, you know, saltwater fishing, most of my rods are seven feet and, and longer. When I freshwater fish, you know, I'll have I have six footers. I got six, six, seven foot. Um, and then when I'm throwing my big crankbaits, you know, I may have that seven, eight rod, just because I want a long cast. Um, and I'm in, you know, basically open water, and I want the lure to hit the depth that I'm doing. Sure. You know. Yeah. Um, and and just you know, really quick. Um, all of my fish that I catch when you go on that Instagram page, yeah. I usually try to post what you know, size line I'm using for the most part, any of my inshore fish is, is on a 10, 10 pound braid and it's made by a company in Kentucky and that's fins. Mm -hmm. And they, they make a situational braid for any, um, you know, I got type a, of fishing. You I got a question on that, your poundage <laughs> there. Cause I, cause a lot of, a lot of times I hear like a mindset of, I'm going to, when, when using braid, I'm going to get away with some extra pound, Line because I'm already smaller than smaller, di diameter. smaller diameter than, than right. using mono. What what's it, what's the idea is, with going for that light poundage? Only ten pound. Okay, so um, your ten pound braid or your ten pound breaking strength line is yes. probably equivalent to and in each you know don't quote me on this because each um, line company has their own right. line to diameter yeah, type yeah. of deal. This will just be like a ballpark probably, number. You're probably around two pound test diameter. Wow. Okay. Of monofilament. So now a couple things can happen. I can pack more line on my reel. Okay. So say I want to go for a world record. Okay. Um, Who does? And I want to use a very light mm. line. I, I can pack a lot of braid on there. Okay, so I can play the fish. I can let them run, get tired, and, and get that fish in. Where, um, and 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 it has some benefits. You know, if you're around grass and stuff like that, it'll it'll sort of cut through the grass and this, and this and that. Um, but one thing people don't understand the difference between braids and mono. Um, your braid has very little stretch. Okay, so if I'm fishing a braid, I need to um, change my rod a little bit like i wouldn't use um if i'm using a heavy action rod and i put a crankbait on there i'll be tearing that crankbait out of their face all day long okay because there's just no stretch anywhere yeah so i have to go down to like a medium or a medium heavy because i i need some kind of bend in the rod i want the the rod to give me some kind of um play okay where if i had monofilament on it i could bump up you know, say instead of a medium, go to a medium heavy, and then your your monos can have like up to twenty five percent stretch. Okay, so when a fish hits that lure, it's going to stretch, so you won't tear that lure out of their face. Okay. Um. So that's some of the things, and and a couple other things are braid. Um. Is by is basically stronger than steel, or as strong as steel. But it doesn't have a lot of abrasion resistance. So, and you could test this yourself. Take a piece of braid and hold it taut. Have another guy just take his knife and and go side to side with it, and you'll see it start to getting fuzzy, and then all of a sudden it'll break. 
okay? Take a piece of monofilament, the same pound test, and hold that out and run your knife and, and try to stay with the same uh, pressure. Run your knife back and forth, and you'll see that the monofilament will have more abrasion resistance to it. It'll probably heat up and break before it would actually. It, well, cut. it'll it'll get it doesn't get fuzzy, but it'll it'll get um, you know rough like it, like as when you catch a, too many fish and and you're. You know, you should retie. I'll take your word for it. I've never had that problem. (laughs) Yeah, after you catch a hundred snook, you know, (laughs) stuff starts wearing out. Well, uh, you know, and then we have our other fish like our tarpon down here. Then I'll bump up to like 65-pound braid. Can I make make a note quick? Every species you keep talking about. Mm-hmm. I've never caught. It's on your bucket. It's, it's it's just making me drool up yeah. here well, you, with cabin fever in Pennsylvania in December. So well, you know, you know what you do is um, if if at any time you feel really bad, what you do is open my Instagram page, <laughs> click on that fish, right, and have one of the guys splash water on you, like, and just make believe you're on the water, and have just, a fan set up so you get some wind every once in a while, you uh, know. Yeah. And and you'll feel great. Okay. You'll feel great. That'll work. That's a great yeah. idea. You've you got to remember now, and when I'm down here and you guys are showing me these pictures that you're on, uh, you're, you know, you're, you're shooting sea duck with um, the wrong shot and, and the, <laughs> the decoys are like 16 times the size of the, the duck because they're supposed to have good eyesight and they're blind or something. I, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> 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 Hey, let's get back to fishing here. I will. <laughs> Enough <laughs> about us. Let's talk so that, about you. That 10, do- 10, 10 pound diameter braid, you, you mainly go on, you're using that so you can increase the amount of line you're putting on the spool. And then you're also, you, you're just having a little bit more. Is, is there anything with like the resistance in the water by using that thin a line? Um, yeah, well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors now. So if you're fishing, like, like we'll take a, um, something with current, like a river or, um, you know, here, like I said, we have tides. So if you have moving water, one thing you gotta, you gotta keep in mind with a braid is braids float. Okay. So your line's going to float on top of the water. So you got to mm-hmm. c- keep line control on there. So you, you, you want to snug up your line. Cause if you don't, what'll happen is say we're throwing a live bait out and it's, it's on a float. Um, the line that's sitting on the water is going to go with the current. Okay. And if there's any grass, the grass is going to hang up on the line. It's going to pull it a little bit further down on you. Fish is going to grab the bait. You're going to go to set the hook and you're going to have like 30 feet of line to the left of you. And you're, and you're not going to get a good hook set. Right. So, what you have to do is basically watch what your line is doing always. Um, you can cast up current, and then you can let your line sweep, sort of like when you're fly fishing uh, some of the streams. Yeah. Basically, same thing. You fly you fly a line, you know, you're using a floating line, sitting there, and it's floating across the water, and a big old trout steelhead, whatever, comes up and eats it on you, and uh, everybody has a good day. Um, so it's just, like I said, you're – your biggest problem in fishing is usually the fisherman. Yeah. Okay. Cause I have guys. I've been saying that oh, for I, years about Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> I get when, you know, I, I hear, I get wind knots with braid. It's awful. It, I, I, this Stevie does I'm not, not to pick on Stevie again. Mm-hmm. I've never met more wind knots well, until I met Stevie. Funny you bring that up. Cause I really wanted to talk to, to Mike about that. 
And I was hoping you'd stop talking about monofilament for a second so that I could get that in there. <laughs> Squeeze that in, Dave. The, the uh, so he's right. So so Dave brought up a big a big issue for me that um, I, I've been I've been having, and for whatever reason, it just started this year. But I, I mm-hmm. use I I use the same I use the same rod to inshore saltwater fish that I use to bass fish. Okay, and, and it's a seven foot pen rod. And uh, for for whatever reason, just recently, and maybe it's going on forever, maybe, I don't know, but I just noticed it more recently this past season. If I'm if I'm doing anything that leaves any type or fishing any type of any style that leaves any type of slack in the line, so if I'm right. walking the dog or, or even using like a, a finesse type. Uh, uh, finesse type baits, baits right? you know, like baits and stuff, huh? Yeah, it, it, even like a, a, a drop shot or a, a you know a Nedrig, something where there's any type of slack in the line. Oh, man, it, it's crazy if I try to uh, uh, wacky rig, you know, a Senko or something like that. I end up with these insane wind knots. And, and you tried a couple different brands. I've tried. Every, uh, I, yeah, I've tried. Except Finn. I've tried three different <laughs> brands. Uh, yeah, all the major brands. Mm-hmm. And I've been waiting to try Finn's because I wanted to talk to you because I know there's, you know, Finn's is one of the groups that offer, you know, has, it seems like they have a, a different type of braid for, you know, every situation. So I've been wanting to they, talk to you about this do. to see if, if there's something specific that I could try to maybe help out um, with. One of the lines I, I use from Finns, um, a lot of those pictures you see is, is a product called Wind Tamer, and and Wind Tamer is a four carrier braid. Braids come in in different strands. There's like a four carrier. They have eights. Uh, Finns was the first company to come out with a nine carrier. It actually has a core in it. Um, and then now you have there's two other brands I believe that have the nine carrier. They they like fins so good that they they um, I'm not going to use the word copy, but they made their own type of um, braid like this be, mm-hmm. because it performs really well. A couple things you got to look at. Okay, if you got to look at your your action of your rod and your your power of your rod. So your action. You know, um, yeah, so you'll have a fast action. Say you you said top water. Let's go to top water. So you're taking a top water. If you have a very stiff tip Mm -hmm. on your rod, um, it might be hard to work that top water because you have no give, okay? And when you walk in the dog, you know, you, you basically, you're on a slack line. So your lure can come to the left, go to the right, go to the left, go to the right. And the longer you pause, once you learn how to do that, the further it's going to sweep out. So there's times when a fish want, wants a very wide wobble, and there's other times when you can you can do it faster and it'll make it very tight. Yeah. Okay. So if you have more of a fast action tip, um, you'll you'll probably do better on that. Um, and then you got to go by how heavy is the lure. You know, um, are you using like six pound test line? You don't want to have something that's rated for, um, you know, 20, 10 to 20 pound. Yeah. You, you want a, more of a lighter rod to do that with. And and a lot of people think that, 
oh man, that's a small rod. I can't catch a big fish. You can catch almost any size fish you want on any size rod. Um, it just, all the parameters have to be correct for that day for it to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, but look at, look at things like that. So if you're going to throw like a, a weightless hook, um, you know, like a Senko or somebody's like that, um, you or drop shots drop shots you know you're on a small weight and um you're dropping that up and down and you're not going to have a heavy action rod you're going to be more mediums probably maybe even medium light um for that and if you're using a floral carbon that's going to change things too but you you just got to remember your your braid has no stretch except fins does have one braid that does have a stretch um and and you you get about 10 percent stretch in the line, maybe fifteen percent. Um, but just for the normal use, uh, you're using either a four carrier, which they have the only round braid in four in four carrier. Everybody else is basically flat when they do that. Okay. Um, so you want that round braid. It, it comes off the spools a lot better. Anyhow, um, you're going to get a lot more sensitivity. Okay, um, and remember your braids float, so that braid's going to come across the line. If and the other thing is, if you're using top water, you guys tie any kind of uh, like a fluorocarbon leader on the end of it, or do you go straight braid to the lure? I, I normally go straight braid to the lure for with top, top water. water. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, sometimes what we'll do is we'll take a piece of monofilament. Okay. And on our top waters, see, we always use um, a leader because of the fish we that we have have gill rakers. They some of them are very abrasive mouths, and um, and they can break us off. If they like, I remember what I told you. If the line's really taut and you come across something sharp, um, and we have um, oyster bars and stuff like this, it, it'll cut the line right away. So we have that piece of leader on the front there. Now mono leader floats. Mono floats. Yeah. Okay. So if you work in top water. Just use mono. If you put fluorocarbon on there, fluorocarbon's heavy. It sinks. So it'll push the nose of your bait down. Okay? Um, and then it, you won't walk the dog as good. Not saying you can't. Don't Anything I tell you is I don't want people to think, oh, that guy's crazy. It's impossible. I'm just telling you things that could make the law work better for you. You're just saying the just easier way things. to do something. You know, there's there's right. multiple ways to do something, but you're kind of giving us the the, right. the easier way, sure. the, the best way to approach something. Yeah, it just it just gives you a little bit of an edge sometimes that you that you you know, some fish are, are you know, some days fish just don't they're not they don't want to eat, so you got to right. get them to react to what you're doing. I mean, yeah. they're only going to eat for two reasons. They're going to react to it or they're hungry. Okay, right. so if they're on a reaction bike, basically you're, you know, like anybody else, like having a mosquito flying around your head. You're going to swing at it because it's driving you nuts. Well, they're going to have this thing come past them, and they're going to be like, hey, that thing's too close to my home. I'm just going to kill it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's that. Um, and then there's other times when they are absolutely hungry, and they'll eat, you know, any color you throw, and they don't care what size it is, and they'll just choke it all down. Um, and, and those are the days that I fish on. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's perfect. Uh, you know, Mike, but, I knew uh, this was going to be a good night. I just, a I, lot of I information. Told, I love it. Yeah. yeah. 
I told these guys so I knew we were in for a good one. And we really, honestly, I need to apologize we to the listeners. The service. Because, yeah, because I've been wanting to have Mike on for so long, and it, this was way overdue. So I, 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 I know it's only been 11 months, but it's okay. Yeah. You know. Oh, my goodness. Um, I had to take medication because I started itching and all kinds of twitches, <laughs> uh, You know. Um, <laughs> Way you know, over just, but like I said, just just to leave you guys with something. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's going to tell you you should do this, you should do that. Um, I'm I'm probably like the garbage pail fisherman, <laughs> and and what I mean by that is, every time I fish with somebody, and I don't care if you're an elite fisherman or you just started fishing yesterday, mm-hmm. if you're catching a fish there is a reason why you're catching that fish and I'm always watching what everybody else does. And then I, I look at something and I go back home and I said, you know what he did? Okay. I'm going to try that. And I may have a little variation of, of what you may have done and, and make it work for, for me. Okay. So just always go out there, have a good time. One thing you don't want to do is get frustrated. Just always have a good time, make it fun and you'll catch more and you'll have a better day. It's good advice. That's perfect. Great, yeah, great advice. Yeah. All right, Mike. So we are like really bumping up on time now. And, you know, we started this new thing that we called the Fast Five. But because okay. Stevie had to get all his questions answered. Oh, man. It's my fault now. We're going to have to shorten that list. It's my fault Mike's so awesome. And I think, well, <laughs> is it your fault that he's so awesome? It's, it's the, the fast one. Yeah, what we're going to do is just jump right. We're going to cut right to the chase, as they say. And right. uh, we're just going to hit number five. So, Mike, could you just tell us what would be on your bucket list? What's your number one bucket list, either fish or fishing trip? Uh, probably some kind of billfish right now. Yeah. So you, you're talking marlin, selfish. selfish yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. Y- you know, I like it. Um, um, and there's a couple really good places that, you know, you can go and you can actually build fish and tuna fish at the same time. I mean, there's just uh, some incredible uh, mm. areas. Los Sueños and, and, you know, Guatemala has some places, um, you know, and not to forget Florida. We have a place we call Selfish Alley on the opposite coast, and uh, the selfish make a run through there, and they're just fun. They're a little small, and, it, you know— Everybody thinks sailfish are gigantic. They're like about 60 pounds. Um, and then when you go to some of these islands, they, they, they grow bigger. They're, you know, 90s and 120s, um, wow. which is, uh, you know, a great – any of those billfish fit fish um, really fantastic. You just have a great time. And you use um, – you know, on sailfish, you can you can drop down and use light rods, and, and it's just a hoot, Ooh. you know. Um but I, I think right now, that's that's what I mean. Be, because I, I've caught a lot of uh, tarpon and kingfish and, and, you know, other fish that run. Anything with a fork tail runs real fast. You know, anything with a broom tail um, is a hard swimmer. You know, like you redfish, that's why we like catching those because they just put their head down and they just, they're like bulldogs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a wonderful fish to catch. Well, thank you, Mike. And uh, for our listeners, where can they find you? They can find me. Um, I guess the best place is, is go to Instagram. Go go to mysticatabite.com. Uh, I think it, I think that's what they they do on Instagram. Just type in mysticatabite, and you should see um, 
you should see me come up and, and my page is kind of private and and i'll tell you why i did that you know so um click on me and if they're like a, a friend of your guys um i'll have them screened by the police department and then, <laughs> no, but and the reason why i did that is is as of lately there's some kind of really goofy stuff and i, I guess you guys see it too i mean you you get this uh person that only has like one friend in the world and um you know, they're usually a very um, hot girl or something like that, and then, then it's it's somebody overseas that's that's hacks into your page, and you yeah, know, I've, your, I've your got at least sponsors. three or four dozen friends just like that, like, just like you <laughs> I, described. I, I, it's crazy. I, I know, I've seen your page. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wash my eyes and my hands uh, three to four times. Hey, Mike, are you going to be at Harrisburg this year? Um, that's what we're working on. In fact, I talked with Terry from T. Allen Rods, and um, we're, we're, we're hashing all of that out right now. Because um, we, I'll tell you what, we really, really enjoyed that show. The people up there were great. Um, yeah. You know, when you guys, everybody was happy. The Eagles won this year, so, you know, they were those the guys i know there's you know that's my nephew lives up in, in pennsylvania and that's not his team but uh um but it was still somebody from pennsylvania that won sure. and it brought brought everybody's spirits up you know and and it was pretty cool to see that many people i mean it, when they opened the doors the first day it was like cattle came through yeah, they, right. the yep. floors were rumbling yeah it was amazing it's an amazing show. Well, we hope so, to see you there. No, definitely. Yeah, so we hope to see you at Harrisburg at the Great American Outdoor Show. If you're there, you'd probably be in the T. Allen Custom Rod booth. Yep, usually right over there by the uh, the, the Lunker Tank. Yeah, yeah, right by the trough. You know, yeah, yeah right by the trough. Well, yeah. we hope to see you there. And uh, I hope so. Well, you have a good another month and a half until that time, and keep catching those big trout and redfish and everything we don't have up here. So <laughs> yeah. I don't say that in an envious way at all. Not at it all. It didn't sound like I, it. No. I, I, well, I do have a I have a couple friends up north, and and I have been known just to inbox them some pictures um, <laughs> because I know they're at work or something or having a bad day. So I I shoot them one of them bad boys, and it usually. They say something that we can't say on the air on the way back, but we still stay friends. That's there all you I go. Have. It lifts yeah, their spirits in yeah. one way or another. Yes, yes, it does. Perfect. Uh, yes. Oh, uh, thank you very much for the time, Mike. We appreciate yep. it. I knew it was going to be fun, and you didn't let me down, bud. Thanks. That's for uh, sure. You guys are welcome. I hope I, I you know, shed some light on, on some of this stuff to you guys, and I, I wish everybody has a good Christmas and a good New Year and stay safe up there. Thanks, well, thank you. Same Merry to you Christmas. and your family. Thanks, thank Mike. Thank you. Okay, we'll see you. Take it easy now. See that, Stevie? Yeah. Told you it was a good one, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was way overdue. Way oh, overdue. yeah. So where can they find us, Ryan? Well, as always, they can find us at RuttonRiverPursuits.com. Be sure to check us out on all of the social media properties, of course, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And the uh, YouTube page, check that out. Oh, Just yeah. look for Rutten River Pursuits Podcast. Podcast. And the podcast itself, always available on Apple Podcast and on Spotify. Spotify. I love Spotify. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Boys, it was another great week. Sure was. Thank you both. Sure yeah. Appreciate it. All right, guys. We'll see ya. See ya. Come in, yeah. So, I, says, I heard banjos and all kinds of good stuff. And I got out of there. I'll tell you what. 
Can I do that? Nice. It took them Absolutely. five fish? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stevie no, would have like, short drift you after dude, that I, first the one. the first one, I'd have been... Stubborn, very stubborn. Stubborn.